0: Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host Jasmine Jeffrey and today I have the honour of bringing a very informative episode and I feel like it makes total sense because everyone listening to this, I would say a good 95% are obsessed with coffee. We drink coffee, probably more than the normal person I would say due to the way that we are, but I have Duncan from the Cannonball Coffee here now some of you might have already tried some of his amazing coffee because I have been slipping it in a few of the UK orders and massive thank you for him to, for doing that but welcome Duncan to the podcast and how are
1: we? Jasmine thanks for thanks for having me on it's probably a, a treat to have someone with a body fat percentage of over 15% for a change <laughs> um, and you have you've, you've set expectations quite high by saying it's going to be informative but hopefully we can and um, we can live up to that.
0: It will be, but I remember how much you were talking to me at FitEx. I was at the Fit Expo, and I was like, this guy just knows his coffee and it's ridiculous. And I feel like it's quite bad of me for how much I drink coffee to actually not know a lot about it, which sounds really, really silly. Like, how did you get into, like, have you always been into coffee? Because obviously to set up a business in it, you must really really like it i hope so so tell me the Um, story about how cannonball coffee kind of came into fruition
1: so yeah i have been into coffee for quite a while but it all started when i'm i was in the army so i i was in the army until 2017 and um decided that i wanted wanted a change because i'd done loads of fun stuff um kind of ticked all the boxes and was ready for something else and um while i was in the army i was really into coffee it's a big part of of the sort of job and the lifestyle you know the early starts being away from home being kind of tired and run down coffee becomes a sort of fuel and I started getting more and more into it and I was always that weird guy that would bring one of those little Italian stovetop coffee makers out in the field wouldn't sort of drink instant coffee and it kind of went from there but one of the one of the things about like being in the army is it's quite a big bureaucratic system and sometimes you can get a bit fed up of just being like a middle person you know just in the middle of a chain not really a decision maker um, so I was just keen to set up a business and kind of have a creative outlet where I could be a boss and you know you get what you put in and you can really focus on something and, and have this like passion project so I picked coffee because I was interested in it and knew a bit about it which I know is like the wrong way to start a business really you want to start with the audience first and work back but um, yeah I, I was int- interested in coffee I thought it would be a good thing to to get into to sort of try my first business venture.
0: So how long ago was that then? Like how long is the business? I so how old is the business?
1: Uh so it is coming up to four years now. I've oh, been, it's very kind of the
0: same
1: age Yeah. Although when when we met and you told me about the team that you've got, uh, I was super impressed because at yeah. the moment it's it's me and a few others, so it is it is growing, but not quite the sort of the level you've got to. Oh,
0: bless you years. No, I would I would actually I'd say we're probably in like a similar sort of level. You're too kind, but thank you. So I remember when I last spoke to you, you were in a position where I kind of think so very similar to me, like you were kind of just in that kind of like position of the business where it's doing like, you know, it's growing, but it's not at the rate where you can kind of like, let go of that like safety net sort of thing. Like, where are you in that sort of journey? Because I always think that's quite important and quite interesting to kind of hear like where that. Yeah, because people just think, oh, you set up a business and that's it. Like you can literally just start making loads of money. It's like no, you, the yeah. the amount
1: of investment is is quite high. Oh, I mean, tell tell all the people on Instagram that you think if you've got a business, you just got loads of stuff to give away all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, look, if I if I had hair, I probably would have torn the rest of it out over that sort of decision. It's something you agonise about every day. You know, when's the when's the time to to sort of jump in with both feet, like like you have, and when we. Uh, last spoke I had been sort of called back into the army full-time so I was effectively doing um, two full-time jobs oh my um, just finished that and been offered another really interesting contract in the sort of defense world which I couldn't really turn down so it's still it's still a side project so I'm still basically working <laughs> two full-time jobs and um, you know you become an adult you have kids that kind of thing you're yeah it's a really big decision so I'm not quite there yet but as long as it's growing in the background and moving in the right direction, I'm I'm happy. But I think to get to that next level, like you say, you're kind of talking about investment. You know, you've got to kind of break out of your your um, ceiling, and yeah. that involves spending a lot of money on um, on Facebook ads and making Mark Zuckerberg even richer.
0: <laughs> I it was it Facebook's now called is it Meta, Meta, Meta.
1: I mean, yeah. Meta.
0: What the What a name! What anyway? Let's not get into stuff. But Yeah, very very strange name. But no, so. With coffee, then you said you were interested in interested in it. To what level? Like, how much did you know about coffee when you first set up the business? Like, what were your maybe not misconceptions, but what did you think about coffee, and what did you know about it? And now, four years on, how has that changed for you over the years?
1: Oh wow, that's uh, yeah, that's a tough one to unpack. So I, I think we're in a, a nation of instant coffee drinkers. So I think uh, understanding a coffee in the UK. It's perhaps not great, although it's getting better. And I kind of, I, uh, I sort of see this this journey that people follow, where they start off drinking instant coffee, and then they're like, oh, you know, what's that sort of ground stuff like that you have to filter? I'll try that, and then you try that and realize it's a lot better than instant, and then you start shopping around for more expensive ground coffees, and then you might start buying your own beans and grinding them yourself at home and trying some different coffee makers, and then from there, that's where you start getting into, oh, how fresh was this? coffee roasted and you can become quite snobby you know what what altitude is the bean grown at what's the origin and and i get it with um, some of the comments on that on the ads i run at, run on facebook like some people see the uh, the little single serve coffee bags we do which is like fresh coffee in a tea bag as really innovative and a game changer whereas some people will go oh if your usp is high caffeine then that, that means the coffee's not very good and you get these kind of snobby comments and they're, they're a bit further along that that kind of journey of uh of coffee discovery but um yeah there's a whole world out there and actually after four years i've realized that i know a bit but there's still a long way to go uh and there's some you know there's some fantastic youtube accounts with people who are just so into their coffee and they'll experiment with all these different kind of coffee makers and it's it's kind of like um I don't know if you've ever seen like breaking bad yeah with the guy who's got like the lab set up <laughs> I think that's like the, the end state where you're, um, yeah, you've built a kind of home lab to, to really optimise brewing coffee. It's because it's, it's kind of like science. It's like part chemistry uh, and then part, you know, part art, I suppose. So you're
0: thinking about the, the coffee. I'm thinking about
1: the chicken brothers. <laughs> chicken products. <laughs> I
0: can not remember what this is on it. Oh, what is it? It's you like know the that? Batter.
1: But, yeah so I mean obviously you're a bodybuilder you're obsessed with chicken so I don't I don't blame yeah. you That's yeah but you <laughs> but I, I don't know if you remember there's that scene with the guy who's the lab assistant he's built that really intricate sort of setup with all the little test tubes and yeah. he's brewing coffee through that because you start getting into like the temperature of the water you use and you know if you're a real coffee purist you won't use tap water because it's not got the right Um, like pH levels and dissolved solids I'm not at that stage myself but that's like how extreme some people get
0: wow it's it's, that's so mad though it's like I feel like quite a lot of bodybuilders take certain things to that level and it's interesting how like other people might not take maybe their fitness to that level but they take something else
1: yeah I think everyone's got like one thing that they're a real geek about
0: yeah I love that that's so interesting oh my god okay so Talk to me about the pros and cons of all the types of coffee. Because from my knowledge, right, here we go. Instant coffee, you've got the whole, the filter and the ground. That might be completely wrong. But how many different types of, like, coffee are there? And is there, like, certain pros and cons to each one and why? Like, I have – I said to you before I I started recording – I've got some whole bean coffee that someone randomly gave me. I haven't got a clue how, like, do I cover it in chocolate and give it as a Christmas gift? Like, I don't even know where to start. So talk to me about, like, you know, in relation to, like, the products that you've got as well, you mentioned about the brew bags, which I think are absolutely sick. Like, they are so handy. Because when I go to hotels now, I actually take the brew bags with me. (laughs) I don't actually use their coffee. I'll get to that point now. So, yeah, talk to me about the whole thing
1: educate us all on coffee please well i've got a um i've got a soapbox to stand on right stop me if i start getting boring and ask questions but but coffee it all starts in the same place okay so it grows on shrubs around the equator um and it looks like a cherry when it's on these shrubs um so the 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 cherries then got two seeds in it and those seeds are coffee beans someone a farmer in all these different countries will pick the cherries off the tree that then has to be processed so you get the green coffee bean out of that cherry and there's different ways of doing that that will result in a slightly different quality of, of coffee but that's that's what you're getting a green bean which if you try to chew it would break your teeth and you really? you can't drink yeah you, it's it's well actually it's kind of gray um a gray green bean that you can't do anything with really okay. um so we then import that from the different growing regions and there's different I like to think of it like wine. So there's different qualities of these um, coffee beans, depending on sort of where they've come from and how well they've been cared for. Mm-hmm. And there's a market for coffee, which is called commodity coffee, which is massive, vast swathes of land that produce like lesser quality coffee beans, which then get traded like, by, by the kilo on, on a sort of commodity market. And then you get what we call speciality coffee, where, You've got small farms that are growing like, really high-end crops to produce a coffee that's got a specific flavour. Mm-hmm. And, f- and these beans from different parts of the world will have like, different flavour profiles. So traditionally, mm-hmm. coffees from like Brazil will be quite chocolatey. Coffees mm-hmm. from East Africa, like quite fruity when you that's drink a- it. But I've jumped ahead though a little bit. So before yeah, it gets cool. to that stage, you have to roast it. So you take that green bean and you put it in a machine which is a bit like a tumble dryer with, um, with a flame underneath it. So it spins around in this really hot drum. I mean,
0: one of those tumble dryers. God, it's going yeah. me half as much time as living dry my stuff. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> it,
1: doesn't, it doesn't have holes in it. It's, it's like a solid metal drum, with, which is heated up to over 200 degrees. You put your cold green coffee in that. It spins around and roasts the coffee. And then the, out, the, the end product of that is something you could drink.
0: So but. how long does that take?
1: Um, so between sort of 10 and 15 minutes but that's where the sort of skill comes into it and where you have like artisan products versus things that are mass-produced so your uh, more high-end coffee roasters such as what we do and you know there's there's many others in the UK now we're there kind of in the process like you know pressing buttons making sure that it roasts the way we want it to Mm -hmm. and these really good coffees you want to you want to bring out when they're like a nice chocolate color And that means when you drink it, you get all these amazing flavors that the people who grew the coffee wanted you to drink. Whereas if it's a less good coffee, you tend to roast it a bit darker. Uh, And then when that comes out of the roasting machine, it's like a bit closer to a black color. I don't know if you've you've ever been to Starbucks, you can see the coffee uh, in the hoppers there. It's like quite dark and oily. And when coffee's like that, the dominant flavor is kind of like that carbon from the, the roasting process. So I think of it like burning toast. Yeah. So, so that's, that's like, that's how coffee starts. It's green bean, it gets roasted. And then it's either like a light, you know, chocolatey color and and full of flavors or a bit darker. And then from that, uh, that roasted bean, you can do different things with it. So you can turn it into instant coffee where in a big factory, they will grind a load of that coffee, brew it, turn it into a concentrate. So it's like a a thick syrupy liquid. And then they'll either uh, freeze dry it or um, air dry it. And then that forms those like granules that you will get yeah. in a jar of instant coffee. Mm-hmm. So instant coffee, the analogy I like to use, it's kind of like um, comparing a pot noodle to, to real food. It's, it's kind of already been brewed by someone else and then, and then concentrated and you just add water to it.
0: Good question. Do you do you roast it or
1: does? No, you don't roast it. Oh, so no, we, so instant, we roast coffee, but um, instant coffee is made in like big factories by big companies. Oh, it's like an yeah. industrial process. The know. stuff we roast we do in smaller batches and then we can send that to the customer as as whole beans like you received
0: mm-hmm. or we
1: will then grind that so you can then get the ground coffee and you have to you have to um use a sort of coffee brewer to make it something to filter the the ground coffee out of the water whereas cuz instant coffee's already been bre- like brewed yeah it just dissolves there's nothing to to filter out of it uh... Yeah, so whole whole bean and then ground, and then you you said you got whole beans. So what you would do with that is is grind it in a coffee grinder and then you would need to brew it in, you know, those like French press cafetiere things or a yeah. paper filter or something like that.
0: So why would people getting it's not like weird then about you having the brew bags then? Like what's the like science so behind that?
1: They're a really good kind of crossover between instant coffee and the like the fresh ground stuff because you're mm. you're getting that like fresh ground coffee but it requires no effort to brew it because it comes in that bag that does all the filtering Mm. so it's the this the convenience of instant but it is real ground coffee as opposed to something that someone's already brewed for you
0: joe gets really like asked with me now if i give him anything else of heck he's like got such a fine palate for Mm. cannonball he actually knows when it's not
1: that's music to my ears
0: and then he just look gives me that look at like eight in the morning and I'm like okay <laughs> back again to the kitchen it's all good though it's all good so in terms of pros and cons then you've got the whole bean you've got filter you've got grounds and you've got like the brew bags in terms of like that process and like the extraction and everything it goes through does that affect the caffeine content at all
1: yeah there's a few things to, to think about there so caffeine content been one of them so how you brew it will affect the caffeine content
0: really yeah
1: for for a few reasons so what one of them is just quantity so if you if you're taking out that whole bean coffee or or ground coffee different coffee making techniques will use different ratios of coffee to water Mm -hmm. so that'll be a factor and then it's that contact time between the ground coffee and the water will also have an impact so if you're using like a French press, the coffee is going to be soaking in the water for a long time. So it's going to draw out more caffeine. Whereas um, if you're just pouring water over it for a filter, you might get a little bit less because there's less contact time.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Um, this, this goes back to that chemistry point uh, and I'm getting really boring now, but it's not how, how coarse you grind the coffee will have an impact. So it will change the surface area. So there's going to be, more or less contact with with the water so that's if you're brewing it yourself from from like grounds or, or whole bean coffee and then with instant it's going to be less because you're you know a teaspoon of instant coffee you're not really talking about a massive quantity of the
0: of um, the bean that's so true there's,
1: there's generally less less um caffeine in it but another thing to think about is the uh, the polyphenol content of coffee so that's what gives it all the antioxidant properties and, and a lot of the reported health benefits of drinking coffee mm-hmm. It's generally accepted that the fresher the coffee is, the the higher the content of of polyphenols, and the more of the good stuff you get. So, so you've obviously got, you got caffeine.
0: Out. You've got the poly. Sorry if I said it wrong. Well. What else is in coffee? that has the health benefits because i'll be honest i'm really like naive i know it has like some sort of antioxidants <laughs> like i probably read that somewhere but like you probably know it better than me so what sort of other health benefits does co- coffee have that potentially some of us might not know
1: so i'm getting a little bit out of my depth now because i'm not a nutritionist <laughs> but the i know that the antidoc- antioxidants come from the the polyphenol content so mm-hmm. that gives you the antioxidant properties. Then caffeine has its own sort of health benefits versus health um, drawbacks, which we can get into later. Mm-hmm. Then there's there are a few uh, other things like riboflavin, things like that. Is that how you pronounce it? I've
0: heard of that. Yeah, I have. Yeah, heard.
1: Um, there's there's a small magnesium content, but you're only talking like a small percentage of your recommended daily allowances. But it's the, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, the it's the polyphenols, which are are the thing that people get excited about. And again, not a nutritionist. This is just going kind of things that I've um, I've read because I find it interesting. Mm. There are coffees out there that claim that you know drinking a cup of it has got more antioxidants than eating a whole punnet of blueberries, so it can be quite powerful. I
0: didn't know that either. So I can imagine when you're tasting all this coffee, right? Say you're having like a tasting day, you must must be blazing through that caffeine because for <laughs> me, I have to really like be careful with my caffeine content sometimes because I can be a tit. Like last prep I've just done, I was getting like really anxious days. I was like, why am I feeling so anxious? And I thought, hang on a second. I've literally been like going through this. And I think in terms of like tolerance levels, some people have a lot higher tolerance than like to others and stuff. So for someone like yourself that obviously loves coffee, has to make sure that the coffee's doing good, like, you know, tasting the way it has to and stuff what's your general like things that you do just to make sure you keep yourself in check because I had to do a bit of a detox like like about a month ago because I was like I was so anxious because of all this caffeine that's like going through me so like what sort of things do you do for yourself to kind of keep yourself in check?
1: Such a such a good point Jess because it's um caffeine's a really weird drug because I think everyone's got different tolerance to it and it's hard to have like safety levels and Everyone's different. Personally, I, I try not to drink coffee after sort of two in the afternoon. Mm. So I've found that even though you don't feel the effects of coffee, the half-life of caffeine is quite long. So it will affect your sleep if you drink it in the afternoon, even right. if you don't feel that you're you're awake from it. So I, I try and kind of set a cutoff um, of when to stop drinking it. When you taste coffee, you um, it's actually a little bit like tasting wine. You kind of slurp it off a spoon. So you're not drinking whole cups at a time. You're just doing kind of mm. kind of spoonfuls. But it's weird when you do it like that way. It seems to almost be absorbed through your gums a little bit quicker. <laughs> um, so I think mo- moderation is um, is kind of one way round it.
0: It's mad. Like but- I, I, I Joe has like the highest tolerance. He can just like there's certain people I know that like can drink coffee at like six in the evening and they don't get any interruptions to sleep or anything like that. Whereas for me, I'm like. If I'm push, if I'm really tired, then I'll have one at three. But I'm the same as you, like I do try and tend to keep to like the two o'clock. Mm. Sort you of get those thing, people
1: yeah. that um those people that put pre-workout in Monster, who just seem to be immune to caffeine. <laughs> who are these but, people? Uh, I've seen it on Instagram. That they're, they're out there. But I think um, I don't know. I think it depends what the reason you're you're taking caffeine as well, right? So if you're if you're an athlete and you're trying to get an athletic boost from yeah. from coffee, you might want to kind of reduce it the rest of the time so when you drink it before training it's got more of an impact mm. whereas if you're drinking you know six to ten cups a day you're not really going to feel much of a difference
0: yeah i remember back yeah. in like the office days it was maybe about seven or eight years ago for me now like it would be like the like the office culture like every hour someone was doing like a tea or coffee run and i was like wow i'm fine thanks but then you feel guilty when you say no too much so you have to say yes but then you end up with, like five mugs separate on your desk and yeah. you're like oh my god like and some people literally just like all day every day so i think it is definitely like a kind of a trial and error
1: yeah and i, sort of I yeah i think I, I stick to like three or four a day people have got different tolerance the other thing to consider is things like caffeine withdrawal i think when you know you've got a problem it's when you try a day without coffee and you're irritable you know you get headaches i think once you get to that point it might be time to kind of just reevaluate how much you drink but then I don't think I I think I've heard of one person uh, being ill from from coffee so although habitual caffeine use over a long period of time might not be the best thing for you it's not dangerous no Um, I saw there was a story about someone who accidentally ingested a load of caffeine powder because they were using the wrong kind of scoop
0: that was in my hometown
1: yeah but that's 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 a caffeine supplement Really, really uh, potent. I did hear about a girl that got hospitalized because she drank like 18 espressos, but like, she was fine. But
0: like, that's you can't make a mistake like on Uber putting 18 through, do you know what I mean? Like, no. <laughs> don't go completely off topic now. Are you like, do you believe that coffee has to be drunk black?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. i I enjoy black coffee because I like the taste of coffee. Okay not everybody likes to taste coffee so don't force yourself to do it but I I think there's a lot of people potentially missing out because we're accustomed to instant and we're used to coffee tasting horrible we automatically put milk and sugar in it whereas actually give black coffee a a chance you might like it Mm. but there are some people who even if it is good coffee might not might not care for it black so you know having like a latte or a flat white or whatever it's like it's whatever whatever you enjoy but Oh, yeah, I, I think the one thing I'd say is just just give it a go just try a good coffee black and you might be surprised by what it tastes like
0: yeah that's very true I find like I don't know what it is quite a few girls that I know like the most exciting thing they get after they've come off prep is to have milk in their coffee I don't know why that's like a thing I've heard it so much but um I know what you mean like I think it's sometimes it's just the done I'm thinking about my own like whether I kind of I've used coffee in the past and like just like general habits of like throwing a sweetener in without even like tasting mm. it first but exactly the same thing though like i grew up with instant coffee that you literally just blaze the sugar blaze the sweetener yeah. blaze it and just like completely just try and get rid of as much like coffee taste as possible which actually doesn't make like any sense at all
1: no but you've got no choice because it, it really tastes so bad but then I guess, you know, if you're training and you're really watching your calories, then being able to drink black coffee is probably quite a, quite a good thing.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean, actually. So, like, the temperature, you've mentioned about the temperature of coffee briefly. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when you go into, like, your mainstream places, like, my gran does not want to step in Cafe Nero ever again because she was, like, she just is completely scarred by how much they like, burnt the coffee. So talk to us about the temperature of coffee how that changes the process and whether you're like out and having a coffee or whether you're having it at home, like how is the best plate? Like how, how is the best way to make a coffee at home? Like I do, I don't know if this is right, by the way, I like try and put a bit of cold water in first, put the coffee in and then put the hot water in to kind of not make it as hot. Cause I'm really impatient. Like I'll boil the kettle and it's going straight in my mug, which probably isn't the right thing when I think about it. So like, considering you are the coffee connoisseur, how is the best way to make a coffee in relation to temperature?
1: Um, So I think if we start by explaining what you're trying to achieve with the hot water, it's to have this, this chemical reaction. So if the water's not hot enough, the reaction won't kind of take place place properly and you're not going to get the things that you want from the coffee extracted from the, the coffee beans. So you need to make sure the water's hot enough. Now there's a, there's a guy called James Hoffman, who is the best coffee content creator that exists. He is, fantastic and i really recommend anyone who's interested in learning more to check out his youtube channel but he did this experiment with um with water temperature because there's this sort of misconception that if you put water in that's too hot you scold the coffee and he was trying to prove that that's not actually true because if you take boiling water and you pour it over cold coffee beans in in a coffee maker it's going to cool down because it's hitting a cooler temperature straight away so it's not quite, a bit, quite as big of a problem as, as people make out. They say that like 93 degrees Celsius is sort of optimal for all those reactions to take place. So even if you put boiling water onto your coffee beans, it will cool down to around 93 by the time it sort of touches it. Okay. But the, the other thing that was, um, that was quite interesting on that was this, this thing about like um, scalding the coffee and where it comes from. And what he found is that it's, it's more for darker roasted coffees because that hot water is potentially going to carry on that sort of roasting process so if, if the water's like really really hot you're going to take that coffee and just kind of make it taste like it's been roasted a bit longer so that's the way that it can um have a negative impact but like generally speaking boiled water you know let it cool down for a few seconds put it on your coffee you'll be absolutely fine just don't use water that's too cold otherwise it's not gonna like, have the reaction that you want
0: basically i'm just overthinking the whole thing
1: but but I mean, like I don't keep
0: saying this to me at the moment. He's like you're overthinking everything. <laughs> I'm trying to get like two ahead. of like just just boil water. jazz. like it's fine.
1: But would you rather be someone who who questions everything or someone who just takes everything at face value? I'm
0: gonna say that to him next time he questions me though. a Simpson,
1: isn't it? Yeah, inquisitive <laughs> minds.
0: That's so funny.
1: You wouldn't you <laughs> wouldn't have this podcast if you didn't question everything, right?
0: That's very true. That's very very true, actually so storing coffee i know we're talking about like silly things here but if it's like high quality coffee you kind of do want to look after it like the same way that you do with food the same way you do like the girls do with like their shoes and like jewelry and stuff so what's the best way to store coffee and kind of make like does it lose its kind of potency the cat does it yep. change anything in that sort of respect
1: uh yeah it does so it's a really good question so coffee doesn't really like go off where it'll make you ill it just it kind of degrades over time so you lose some of the flavors so like once coffee is ground the oils that give it a great taste will gradually dry out Mm -hmm. so the more you expose it to air the more that's going to happen when coffee's still a whole bean and it's not been ground it will last a little bit longer before you start to to lose that so so one thing to think about is um is keeping it in an airtight container, so it's not exposed to the air. That'll preserve it. Another thing to think about is um is moisture. So if you get moisture into coffee, it will start to spoil the taste. And a lot of people put their coffee in the fridge. And uh, one thing I've learned over time is that actually isn't the best place to store it because I've
0: never heard of so what this is about like the ketchup debate, isn't it? I've never heard <laughs> yeah. of putting coffee in the fridge before. That's
1: interesting. I, I, I reckon a lot of your listeners might do that for okay, the let me know uh, what do you do. <laughs> and if you this this is for like the, the whole bean or the, or the ground coffee those brew bags are fine because they're all like sealed individually mm. but if you um every time you take it in and out of the fridge you get that sort of condensation on the inside of the packaging which is going to result in in moisture getting in and coffee being <laughs> boiled so the best way to store it is either in resealable bag if that's what it comes in and just keep it in a, in a dark cupboard or just transfer it into an airtight container and keep it in the cupboard in that
0: yeah your pouches are pretty good though to
1: be fair I find like yeah they're, they're all resealable and there's other really nerdy little things like when you roast coffee it releases carbon dioxide so if it's really fresh you'll still be getting carbon dioxide coming out of it when it's stored in your in your cupboard at home and that's why coffee bags puff up sometimes you need a way to let that out as well if it's like fresh coffee
0: if it sounds silly you're saying like so many things i'm like oh yeah like, it's just something i've never questioned but I've, I've noticed it but i've just like it's just gone f- over my head
1: there's, i think there's more important things in the world than coffee bags puffing up but
0: still still like you're talking to bodybuilders that like weigh things to like the ground if it's a gram over they take it out so <laughs> so you mentioned briefly about like the strength and the flavors of coffee sorry we have mentioned this like already but like talk to me about like the strength of coffee and can you have like a like what when you say strength of coffee do you mean the strength of the flavor or do you mean the strength of the caffeine
1: so at cannonball coffee we've got a bit of a crusade to um make that about the caffeine content nice and i think most people agree with that but one of the one of the big things we'll always point out and we've got a couple of blog posts on the website that get quite a lot of um organic traffic from google is that when you go into a supermarket coffees will have this like strength scale at like one to five or one to seven or one to twelve i don't understand what that means well this is it so most of the time it means like how dark the coffee is roasted so it's like intensity but okay. and i certainly believe i always believe that it just meant the coffee was stronger like more caffeine it just means that it's a darker roast so it's got that like strong like carbony, smoky flavor flavor that i mentioned earlier hmm Whereas I want people to understand, like when we talk about strong coffee, we talk about like more caffeinated. So that's that's like, my kind of views on it.
0: That must be a really hard thing because it's like you don't really when you look at coffee. Maybe I've like completely not even read the packaging usually. Usually, but say I was going to go to like a supermarket or something, they never mention like the amount of caffeine it has. But then you've mentioned like com- com- yeah, depending on the way that you extract it the way that you kind of make it yourself can completely change the caffeine
1: content as well so it's a tough one because it's not made in the lab it's not going to be consistent every time because it's Mm. a a natural product so there will be variations and a lot of um, supermarket coffee it's made of a blend of loads of different beans so it Mm. might not be exactly the same each time so that that's part of it it's hard to to accurately state what the caffeine will be because how you then brew it at home will have a big Impacts, but mm. i think one one thing you can look for is the type of bean that the coffee is made from so there's there's two main types of coffee there's arabica and robusta coffee so you might have seen mm. stuff that says 100 percent arabica i don't
0: think i have but like again it's it, something that i've probably seen but not it's gone over my head
1: again Yeah, it's like it's on instant coffee packaging it's you know like you'll see it on those little um like beans cup coffee machines at, at service stations it's 100 uh-huh. arabica the robusta coffee generally has over double the caffeine of arabica coffee it just doesn't always taste good so if you're looking for something that's high in caffeine look for a coffee that's got um, a higher proportion of robusta beans in it and it's going to be more caffeinated as a a sort of general rule
0: there you go so how do you for yourself then when you're like finding like suppliers and everything like that like i know there's like a thing about like fair trade and yeah i guess from like a supplier point of view it must be quite hard to kind of know okay this is a good supplier this may not be as good a supplier like for yourself how how do you make that distinction and also from a consumer point of view there's quite a lot of like marketing obviously around coffee it's a massive industry like how do you go about navigating that space and how would a consumer go about navigating that space as well
1: Cool. uh there's loads i could say on that so i think in general if you look for speciality coffee it's going to be good quality and it's going to be although it's not labeled fair trade it's going to be fair so speciality coffee are where people go to these particular countries to find like good quality coffee and because it's it's grown and processed to taste a certain way it's a high quality product that costs more money uh-huh. so there are a few wholesalers that import specialty coffee into the UK uh-huh. and they go out around the world and they set up relationships with these farms and these cooperative washing stations and it's really mutually beneficial relationship in that money sort of flows money and experience flow both ways uh-huh. so if you're if you're if you're a speciality coffee importer you might go and help a farmer that's got a problem with, um, you know, insects or a fungus on their crop, or you might be involved in projects to help them produce better coffee. So the company that we use to import our beans from Rwanda have got a few different schemes running where we can help the growers pay for organic certification for their coffee. That's cool. Uh, They're also doing a project where they were looking at bringing some coffee um, trees over from another country to kind of splice with their plant to make something that was more resilient. So it's not labelled fair trade, but it's like super ethical. People are getting a fair price because it's a good product. Mm. And it's in my interest that their coffee that they're growing is, is good because that's what I've based the business on. And it's the same for other sort of speciality coffee roasters. So if you're going to any kind of independent coffee roaster that's charging a higher price and they're, they're selling like what they would call specialty premium coffee, you can kind of be assured that it's fair and ethical when you're getting all that kind of stuff. do you find it difficult
0: when people ask you like oh is it fair trade and they think they're kind of saying the right thing yeah yeah Um,
1: like fair fair trade isn't a bad thing but fair trade is more for that commodity coffee market that i mentioned Mm. where you're you're buying like kilos of coffee for a few pennies it means that these farmers can sell this really cheap coffee for a slightly higher price and it's labeled fair trade Mm. so it's not bad but it's not necessarily a sign that the coffee's particularly good Mm-hmm. just go going independent going speciality is the way to ensure that you get good coffee and, and there's also other things like rainforest alliance and certified organic and, and organic certification is a bit like batch testing supplements where it's not necessarily about the quality of the of the product it's about whether you've got the money to pay for the certification lots of things like that to consider so yeah we're we're just kind of trained to look for things like fair trade or rainforest alliance but mm-hmm it doesn't necessarily mean what we think it means.
0: Do you know what this is reminding me of? You know that Netflix documentary about the fish? Yeah. It's, I feel yeah. like they need to do what about coffee because I just feel like everyone oh, will just go mad for it. But it, it's so true that it's, it is difficult for a consumer to navigate it because a lot of people want to make the right decisions and they think they are by the marketing. Like I remember growing up with like fair trade coffee in my house and my mum thought it was like, you know we're doing like the right thing and it's like it is difficult when you haven't got that access point or that understanding of what the process is for independence and what kind of goes through and why it is higher higher price point as well
1: mm. yeah and, and people will often assume that coffee costs you know pennies and and these coffee shops are just ripping you off but actually all along the, the way from like the farmer picking the the cherries to the place where they they wash it and, and take the seeds out to importing it to roasting it to get it into the coffee shop everyone's taking like a small margin but mm-hmm. with speciality coffee there aren't really any millionaires and no one's no one's ripping anyone off so generally it's it, it's charged at just a kind of fair price that makes sure everyone gets paid what, what they deserve yeah. with commodity coffee you know we're talking about like thousands of tons of of coffee that's like roasted in huge industrial machines and and it's a, a little bit like less personal
0: uh, it's so true though it's so true i'm literally just thinking about like that the fair trade i just got this vision of like my mom's house she used to have just like loads of like fair trade stuff and i feel like i just need to go over there and be like no, but
1: no, no this, I, I don't want to don't want to um like cause any confusion like fair trade's not not bad it does mean the farmer's going to be getting like a few like pence more per kilo than they would otherwise yeah it just doesn't it just doesn't necessarily mean it's it's a good coffee that's all i would
0: yeah yeah say. but i think it's every single industry has like certain things to consider and it's not a case of like putting one one thing in one bracket and another thing in another bracket because there's so many different i think what i'm sh- hopefully getting from you like is like there's so many different like layers to it yeah. that you have to consider before you even take it to market, from, to make sure that you're, you know, you're bringing something which is ethical. At the end of the day, like, if people, it's the same with any, like, industry. I haven't eaten fish. It sounds silly. I've not eaten fish since that Netflix documentary now because that's the power it's had to educate yeah. me on stuff. And I feel like it's the same thing with, like, coffee. People don't realise the impact that that has long-term on things as well. So I just find it really interesting, like, all the, like, all the marketing and the, the effect it kind of has and just we just blankly look at it don't even realize it I know it's like I just thinking about the carbon dioxide stuff but it's so many different things you think about in life you don't actually you just take it for granted and you just go oh it just is where it is does that make yeah. sense
1: no it doesn't you know no doubt sort of further down the the production chain there will be people in coffee that don't have a great life that are being paid a few dollars a day to pick coffee beans somewhere that will exist as i said with, with speciality coffee like generally you're talking about better quality farms you know we can pinpoint exactly what region our coffee comes from we can visit the fields where where it's picked we could go and see it for ourselves you don't necessarily get that with commodity coffee mm. so you know i'm not i'm not talking sweatshops but i am talking you know people who are earning like dollars a day to work quite hard
0: have you been to one I okay
1: i've not no i haven't yet well i haven't like when i've been traveling i have but yeah. as part of cannibal coffee no um but definitely on the list of things to do is to visit the region in rwanda where we get most of our coffee from um, because be we really want to get to a point where we're either buying direct from them or we've got such a good relationship that we're like really directly involved in some of these projects and we can kind of start putting faces to the to the coffee because as you say consumers are getting much more educated and responsible and people want to mm. know especially if they're paying decent money for a product they want to know that it's ethical they want to know it's got a story um so if we can sort of shed some light on that then i think that'd be, be really powerful
0: that's so true so what are the plans like for Cannibal coffee like going into next year maybe in like five years time like where do you see yourself going so obviously I met you at Fit Expo I don't know if you're going to be there next year so like what are the general plans like going forward and what can we be looking forward to? Uh,
1: so Fit Expo was amazing so I would love to do that again just met so many audiences that I hadn't really considered before with the marketing because it's always been around you know coffee for people who like to work out and, and want to kind of achieve more but I never really considered bodybuilders as as such a a key audience, like people who are tracking every calorie and, and f- like follow these really strict um, regimes. It's such a good market for the, the product. So oh, yeah. yeah, a few more events where I can connect with um, with people like that, because it's it's so cool when you stand in front of your sort of target customer and you just talk to them, you like, validate the product, and then you can take the things they say and actually put it in, onto your website in the way you describe the product. So it oh, makes more sense. Um, so yeah, next year, a couple more shows like that. It's still going to be a side project, which does limit me a little bit. But I think my big plan is to to be visible in more physical locations where my audiences exist. So oh. I'd like to get into more gyms. I've already got relationships with a few like Strongman, Powerlifting and CrossFit gyms. Uh, and I'm about to do a deal with a company that makes beans a cup coffee machine so we can provide the sort of hardware where like smaller gym owners could get this equipment in. Sell our coffee through it, so their customers will get a really high quality, high caffeine coffee. And That's cool. The gym owner will make decent margin on it as well, and it's fairly effortless. So I've got that coming. A couple more events, uh, and I think long term, just love to have a couple of um, like really decent coffee trucks that go to different competitions and events around the south, just to have this sort of presence wherever there's like fitness activity. I'm kind of agnostic to what it is. You know, it could be bodybuilding, it could be CrossFit, whatever. But there's this presence of this like premium high caffeine coffee brands oh. so that's where I want to go with it and um, just make it like a, a household name within that community
0: that sounds good so if you're listening to this and you're in the UK and you have a gym message Duncan because that sounds so good like I don't even know when I even go to gyms I you just you see a lot of monsters but you don't actually see like them partnering with like any anything co- like I don't see you don't see anything about that with coffee. So that's quite exciting to see that there's not there's quite a massive space and opportunity to do that.
1: So yeah, so many people drink coffee before they work out or they might get there a little bit early so they can like, have a drink and just kind of like chill out and get in the right mindset. And wow. um like personally I'm not a fan of energy drinks. Like they just feel a bit chemically. Some people love that but coffee's just a great alternative to some of those kind of products. So yeah. yeah it's just a good good offer to put in front of your customers if you're a, if you're a gym owner
0: definitely that sounds awesome so I want to ask you like maybe a couple more questions you know one that's coming and you're very excited to answer it and I think everyone knows but in terms of like your experience in the army the discipline the mindset what you have to do for that and the business that you have and the you know the trials and the tribulations that you can go through as a small business owner like what sort of things do you think that you've learned about like resilience self-awareness that you feel like you kind of essentially have taken from your army days and they've come into your business or the business and they've come into the army. in terms of the synergies like what sort of things kind of spring to mind when I say that to you
1: um yeah so the army does actually give you quite a few entrepreneurial skills and there are a lot of people who leave who go and set up businesses more than you perhaps expect but it gives you I think like a resourcefulness and you can kind of be proactive and just get dropped into unfamiliar situations and just get on with it and make things happen. That's that's really key. I think you mentioned discipline, but you know when you're a small business owner and no one's making you do anything, so you have to have that kind of internal drive to to keep it all going. Um, I think one thing that I've certainly found useful is that the army is like a training organization. You're always trying to improve, get feedback, like develop yourself with with running a small business, being an entrepreneur, you're always trying to refine these skills, like expand the things you can do and analyse what you've done that's not gone so well, what could be improved. So I think that kind of like growth mindset and ability to want to improve and learn is is really key. And I found that massively useful from transitioning from the, the military to, um, to running a business. And I, I think the army is also quite good for just giving you confidence because mm. it throws you into these unfamiliar situations you're made to do public speaking against your wishes <laughs> you're 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 like made to be an expert if you've done a two-week course and something <laughs> so I think you know when, when we talked about fit expo and, and going and like going face to face with customers some people might find that a little bit daunting whereas I think the army can prepare you for doing things like that and, and trying to sound confident because you know 10% more than other people about a the subject. Mm. Um, there, there's loads more, but they're they're probably the sort of key ones that that I've um, experienced.
0: I love that. so last question. I'm very excited to hear your response to this. But what makes you not just a bikini god, Duncan? Apart from the obvious.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I look terrible in a bikini.
0: You would look great hand- in green. Okay, you're wearing a green t-shirt. <laughs> I can imagine the green. Just saying. So. Yeah, uh,
1: love handles, chest hair. It just wouldn't be a good, luck, a good look. <laughs> but, I I think probably the fact that I have traveled to over uh 50 countries.
0: How many countries are there in the world? I think
1: 198 or 202.
0: I can't That's
1: remember. a good percentage of countries then. I've I've been, yeah, I've been to over 50, including two which we would describe as war zones. And I've been to some really far out places like the Falkland Islands, which are just bizarre people hear about the Falklands war and they're at school Mm. and you see it on a map but yeah I've been to some really random places like that
0: I bet your passport looks amazing all the things inside all the stickers so
1: so many stamps and weird visas
0: (laughs) oh my god okay top top three places that if like money was no option you could go again
1: uh Cape Town yeah Tbilisi in Georgia
0: i was like where the hell
1: is that uh georgia is the most uh underrated tourist destination in europe it's it's fantastic no way. and lisbon
0: i was not fun. i was expecting like thailand or something like that okay three yeah. worst places
1: uh oh, that's a really good question um ooh. <laughs> I think, you know what, wherever you go, you can have a good time and, and make uh, fun. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a country that I've been to where I thought, oh, I'm never going to go again. Um, I think.
0: You haven't been to
1: Wallenborough, obviously. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Um, it's, on, it's on the list.
0: <laughs> Get a stab you um, come in.
1: <laughs> no, you know what, And I've, I've always been really, I, like, I know people have travelled and they've been like robbed at gunpoint in different countries and, and this, oh. that and the other, but I've never had anything really bad happen to me when I've, abroad i I did go to the cook islands once and i was stuck there for three weeks and i got a little bit cabin fevery which doesn't mean the cook islands is a bad place it's probably about as bad as it gets in terms of uh experience in the country i got i got um i got a terrible tattoo and stayed for too long
0: that's brilliant i love that and that is the perfect way i think to end this poem oh there's one last question do you judge people if they have like tiramisu or like coffee flavored something
1: no and actually there are some incredible protein coffee recipes tiramisu being one of them check out my instagram and there's a few other good people on instagram who make these like high protein recipes but yeah you can do protein tiramisu with coffee vianetta biscuits greek yogurt and protein powder so not at all i encourage consumption of coffee in any form
0: I love that. I'm going to get Holly to find all all the good ones as well, because I know you've got some on your website as well, so I'm going to link them as well. But thank you so much for coming on, Duncan. I hope all of you listening have found this interesting, because I feel like my mind has been blown with so much coffee knowledge, and I just think it's amazing to hear from you, all this sort of stuff. And there is only a couple of brew bags left, so if you haven't placed your order yet, on compact then make sure you do because then you'll get another goodie but i'm going to leave all duncan's instagram and websites on there so make sure you do go and check him out and support small businesses like myself so thank you so much duncan for coming on
1: oh, thank you for having me it was a lot of fun
0: i hope you've enjoyed it
1: no, definitely. And i hope you see
0: you again at fitx or somewhere soon but we'll see you guys in the next episode